How good are you at spotting warning signs in a relationship or a potential relationship? Today, we're talking about red flags in relationships. And this is something that's so crucial to begin to have an understanding of whether you're starting a relationship or whether you're currently in a relationship. If you'd like to find out more about how to improve your relationships or find and create a long-term fulfilling relationship, head over to therelationshipmaze.com. And if you'd like more information about this podcast, head over to therelationshipmazepodcast.com. Welcome to today's podcast, and today we're exploring red flags or potential red flags in a relationship. Yeah, so we're looking at behaviours that are particularly troublesome in a relationship that might actually be behaviours that could cause you or should cause you to exit the relationship as quickly as possible. Or sometimes there might just be behaviours that should really uh, signal that there's um, something going on in the relationship that is troublesome for you. Um, that might require further attention and really need some looking at, possibly quite urgently. We all have uh, particular boundaries, don't we? And I think for some of us, sometimes these boundaries can be sort of quite flexible and we can kind of allow behaviour that for other people are an absolute no-no. Um, and for us, we sort of, we're quite flexible, we kind of go with it for a little bit longer. So I think it depends a little bit on where we are as well, yeah, in our development. So if I think about my, my younger self, for example, uh, when I was younger, I put up with some behavior in relationships that now I would, I would say absolutely no way would I find that acceptable again. Because I was a bit insecure, I, was, um, uh, I lacked confidence sometimes, and I really desperately wanted to have a relationship, a long-term relationship in some situations, and, and therefore kind of allowed, uh, put, put up with stuff that actually I think now is just awful. Yeah, and maybe for a moment, just think as you're listening, if there were those relationships in the past, that later on, if you had spotted some of those signals, you could have saved yourself a lot of heartache. Mm. And just like you said, there are many situations myself where, you know, had I been aware of some of these red flags, mm. maybe, and I say yeah. maybe, because, yeah. you know, sometimes we see these things and think, well, you know, we'll just let them off. Maybe it's just, maybe it's okay. Mm. But I think being aware of these, and particularly some of them mm. in the appropriate context, can really save a lot of misery down the line. Yeah, and I feel sort of, I think I'm wondering sort of, you know, for my, again, my younger self, um, if somebody had said to me sort of very clearly, this is not acceptable, maybe that would have actually made a difference to me. Because I think sometimes I didn't quite know, uh, you know, is this okay? Am I just being a bit sensitive here? Um, or, you know, am I, do I just sort of need to wait a bit longer? Or sometimes I probably also had this kind of... Um, uh, ideal um, notion that I could change someone that if you know if I was loving enough then surely they would change their behavior and they would start loving me and everything would be hunkadori something along those lines yeah and of course depending who would have said it if it'd be my parents saying it to me I'd probably have looked for those things and thought that's what I need in a yeah, relationship yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so yeah so we're gonna we're gonna talk about I don't know it's about 20 or so different red list, flags a long, long list <laughs> yeah and remember these are you're out of context so you have to take things in the context of the relationship mm. but particularly as you if you're starting a relationship 
looking at some of these things could be indicators of how successful things might be later on mm-hmm. uh, and could avoid like you know could mm-hmm. avoid some potentially toxic relationships as well yeah. I mean they're really important I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. yeah but also be aware that you know just listen to these that we, we have a tendency to try and see these things in behavior where they may not be too mm-hmm. so that's also a potential thing so just you know if it happens mm-hmm. some of these things mm-hmm. not all of them if you notice something once, maybe it could yeah. just be maybe that once, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, but, but if it happens regularly, that's a real clear indicator to be warning signals. And if it's in an over the top way. And uh, for those of you who have already listened to the podcast interview I did with Dr. Marietta Janssen, we talked about um, toxic relationships. We talked about narcissistic abuse. So love bombing is often um, one manifestation, the early manifestation of narcissistic abuse, where somebody completely goes over the top. So I think the the example that Marietta brought up was somebody who sort of offers to take you on a flight to Paris uh, for the weekend, and you've just met them. Um, So they try to impress you. They just go completely overboard with their expression of love. That is a red flag because that's sort of there's something not quite right here. Yeah, somebody's trying. It's almost trying. Somebody's trying to manipulate you into loving them. Yeah, yeah. And actually, that reminds me of some stories uh, a few weeks ago that were in the media about uh, some celebrity buying someone a wardrobe full of clothes right. on the first date, which yes. I thought was an interesting yeah, sort interesting. of manifestation. Yeah, interesting. wonder what's going on here. Is yeah. that really necessary? Yeah, yeah. and I, I think you know this is something that that is really quite relevant. Is you know in in terms of Again, is the person charming, but mm. could that charm hide something else? Because mm. frequently with narcissism as well, we see that linked mm. quite frequently with quite charming behaviour. Mm-hmm. And it's a challenge because we we like to be flattered. We like to be made to feel good about ourselves. Absolutely. Mm. The only problem is, you know, sometimes that does get linked with narcissism. Mm. And yeah. you know, what we're not saying is... Everyone who's charming is a narcissist. No, but... But there's somebody, two traits to you sometimes But somebody who's a narcissist is likely to be charming. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Okay, sort of, on the, sort of along the same lines here with, uh, about a sort of slightly more toxic uh, type of relationship, we've got the area of gaslighting. That's one of the terms that gets um, bandied around a lot at the moment. I, I noticed that a lot of my clients are bringing this into the session. Um and sometimes there is a sort of a slightly exaggerated response to this where everything is interpreted as gaslighting, so I'd be a bit careful with that. But sometimes, indeed, there are situations where your partner kind of manipulates the truth, so to speak, or your experience and starts to question your experience. And you start to, more importantly, you start to question your experience. Am I really right in uh, thinking or feeling what I feel here? So you, you're not entirely sure anymore. Um, did I really say that? Or, um, you know, did this really happen? So you start to kind of have this concerns about what feels truthful to you or what just happens. You start to kind of work out what's, what's right, you know, what actually what you actually experience and you learn to basically you don't trust yourself anymore and your own judgment anymore so that's the sort of gaslighting element yeah and i think phrases for me that stand out things mm-hmm. like well you're just too emotional yes. well you know yes. we're not we our emotions we're, we're yeah. allowed to have our emotions yes. and saying someone's yes. too emotional yes, yes. you know unless it's massive anger which we talked about earlier but mm-hmm. you know if we get upset by something mm-hmm. you know we need to ha- be have that response kind of you know, validated, yes. unless that response is, of course, to get attention, which is another thing. Yeah. Um, 
and you know and I mean it's a challenging one as well because mm. you know every day we do say hundreds of things thousands of things and to tell you the truth I probably don't rem- I wouldn't remember a lot of things that I said sure and I wouldn't be sure <laughs> some for some things if somebody said well you said this and I think mm. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. So there yeah, is some yeah. self doubt. However, sure. I think it's that gut feeling, like mm. that that's not the sort of thing I would say. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know when there's something off. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I do know there are times where, like, even when we talk about things, mm. sometimes you know I've said something, and then you say, "Well, you said this," and it's worded very slightly differently yes. because of the way that yes. you experienced it. it. Exactly. But for me, it's like, no, I didn't say that. I said this, which for me is really different. But because th- t- mm. we interpret things differently, mm. it's got that different thing. Yeah, absolutely. But, but so we just don't discuss quite, it. That's not quite gaslighting, is it? But gaslighting is a bit stronger, isn't it? It's yeah, sort well, of but, also a deliberate sort of undermining of what the other person's experience. Yeah, but I think yeah. the thing is, if we didn't talk about it and absolutely. kind of explore that, it could be like gaslighting. Because I think, yeah, yeah. no, I didn't say that. And you get into a fight about saying it and not saying it rather that's than right. exploring actually, you know, that's true. Where the kind of differences with that? Yeah, that's a really good. Yeah. Point. Or something that I absolutely hate, um, and I have been like, it's been said to me at work, for example, is this expression "man up." I can't stand it. It's awful. I mean, it's awful to um, throw that at a man because it's sort of somehow it's this sort of suggestion that there's something not that there's something wrong with their masculinity. Um, it's quite attacking, but it's also a horrible thing to sort of throw at a, a woman as well. What does that actually mean, man up? It's this sort of idea that, or oh, you're weak, or you need to be stronger, or I don't know, whatever it means. It's a, a horrible put down, I think. Yeah, no, I think it's an awful expression. Yeah. And, you know, I've I've had experience that myself, and it's like in a relationship, and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's really, you know, it's just, horrible when someone says this sort of thing like you know totally invalidates you Mm -hmm. and I think for me the thing with gaslighting is well particularly the intention that goes with it Mm -hmm. so whether it's a hostile intention Mm -hmm. uh the intention Mm -hmm. to manipulate and that's where you know that's where it's really total red flag yeah no I agree yeah absolutely Okay, what else have we got? Oh, well, yeah, so also, how does the person that you're with, or starting to date even, describe mm. their past relationships? Yep. Now, it might be that, you know, we, we all have experiences with some bad relationships. Mm. If the person says how horrible all of their exes are <laughs> and just blames them and doesn't take any personal responsibility, yeah. then I think that can be a clear sign of a red flag because it's passing in how this person thinks. Yeah, particularly if they were sort of quiet, turbulent relationships. Well, you think like, okay, what's the common denominator in this particular situation? Well, is your current partner. So what did they do to contribute to this particular scenario? Yeah, or if they talk about all their partners as crazy or something like that, and you think like, well, hmm, that's interesting, but why? What what's, what happens there in these relationships? So, yeah, so absolutely, this sort of constant put-down of past uh, past partners is can be a real red flag that there's a, a problem here. Yeah, and it's where somebody seems to purely blame other people with mm. no reflection on yes. any part of yeah. it themselves. And, you know, it's it's not that maybe there was more of you things to do with the other partner, you know, and so, like I said, we can get into toxic relationships. Mm. Um, I think it's more, it's, if it's always that person blaming, if it's always that person 
just saying it's the other person, just mm. these things, and in, in consistently, maybe throughout every relationship, yeah. then, Absolutely. you know, that clear red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and uh, another red flag I think is particularly relevant uh, sort of in the early stages of relationships or when you're dating is when you are with somebody who's really very unreliable. I think that's also a red flag who sort of who says, well, let's meet up, who cancels at the last minute again and again and again, who says, let's do this and it never happens. So there's a lot of, uh, so a lot of a, a lack of, what's the word, sort of follow through, um, you're never entirely sure are they really uh, interested here in me and, and, and engaging in me and getting to know me. This sort of uh, lack of respect, uh, I would say, as well, for your time. Um, so that would be that would be an area of concern. Yeah, and that, that ties in with ghosting as well, where somebody mm. seems to be interested, then they disappear. Yeah. And in an earlier, another podcast, again, yeah. we talked about fun dating terms. And I think yeah. it was zombieing, where yeah. you know, they disappeared for a while and suddenly they rise up like from yes. the dead again and so it's sort of you know where and then they suddenly show an interest mm. which also reminds me of actually one of the earlier red flags we talked about mm. where somebody's overly charming or love bombing um, and I, I think this ties in a bit with this that yeah. particularly if we're kind of insecure in our attachment mm. style mm. Um, what I think this does is it can produce like this, almost like a drug well, it becomes it like a roller coaster it hooks you yeah, in, we suddenly it? feel we're made to feel yeah. really good then mm. the person steps back and kind of is distant. Mm. Mm. And then we're thinking, what's happened? Is it something I'm doing? Is it something about me? Mm. I want this good feeling back. Yeah, and then, you know, and then, you know, when we get this back for a little bit and suddenly we feel really good and it happens again. Mm. And it, that can also almost breed this sort of almost obsessional kind of longing for somebody who's mm. really quite toxic. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good yeah and I think that ghosting can be a sign of that or the zombieing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, here's another one I think is quite interesting is, you know, when you maybe start dating somebody or you've been with someone a short time or even longer, um, how, do you feel reluctant to introduce them to your friends mm. and do your friends like them? Now, of course, you know, one of your friends might not like the person you're dating for various reasons. Yeah. But if none of your friends like them, you might start to question, is this something about them that maybe mm. I'm not seeing? Yes. Yeah. And if you're reluctant, well, first of all, if you're reluctant to introduce them, is that to do with your insecurity, which, you know, could be like, well, as soon as you introduce them to friends or even more so family, that's a sign like this is someone I'm in a committed relationship with. And what does that say about your, mm. you know, your your own sort of feelings about commitment? Does this mm. bring up insecurities for you or mm. is it something else is it something that mm. in the past you've never had this issue but just with this person for some reason something mm. in you thinks yeah mm. I, I don't feel comfortable introducing yeah, them yeah they don't quite yeah. fit or or I wonder what I worry what people will say about them or I know there's something about them that's not that pleasant and I don't want to I don't want my friends or my family to see that yeah and sometimes we don't even verbalize it we just yeah. have that feeling and then start I think mm. start to think what is it about this that makes mm. me feel uncomfortable yeah. and of course you know some people we don't want to introduce to our family for a different reason so I think mm. friends is the clear mm. indicator yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, as many people in the past I'd have dreaded introducing to my parents when they were alive oh, for various that? reasons just because my parents were very judgmental yeah but it's like with your friends you mm. know that that should yeah. be a different signal yeah I agree okay 
So what else have we got on the list? Um, we've got, uh, yeah, different life stages or sort of mismatched goals can be a red flag. So it's kind of a bit of an obvious one, maybe, and actually a complicated one. For example, one of you uh, is at this stage in their lives, maybe in their mid, uh, sort of mid or early 30s. That's often that, that time in the life when it comes up. Um, who wants to have children, wants to settle down, have a family, have a long-term re uh, relationship, uh, while the other one is still kind of, you know, out partying every night and, you know, getting drunk and has absolutely no interest in settling down whatsoever. So so this could be a red flag, of course, you know, in terms of that you really are in a, in a very different life stage. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong with the other person. It's just that they might not be where you are at this. So if that's what you want, if you want to have children, etc., you have to kind of have a partner who's on board with that. Yeah, and, and you know, there are sort of timescales with this, of course. Mm. So you know, certain mm. things is more of a timescale than other yeah. things. Yeah. Um, is it something you can negotiate? Is it something that, you know, maybe even having couples therapy that mm. maybe you can kind of, find some sort mm. of way to mm. kind of have some agreement or some way forwards. Mm. But for some things, I really think, you know, if something's so important to you, it may unfortunately mean that, mm. you know, this isn't a relationship. Yeah, no, it might yeah. actually, absolutely. It might be uh, the reason that kind of determines that the relationship can't progress, really. Yeah. yeah. And and another thing going on from that, another thing, another red flag is, do, does your partner insist that you have no time to yourself so do mm. they need to have all, all of their time, time yeah. with you which mm. you know it's a balance because when we love somebody it's like mm. it can be lovely spending lots of time with them mm. but as well we do need some time to ourselves and it is a balance because mm. you know if your partner says they need virtually all their time to themselves mm. and doesn't spend time with you mm. that is difficult yeah yeah, and yeah. Uh, I've talked about this in a previous uh, podcast episode, talking about differentiation. So when, uh, you know, there is a need to come together with your partner, there are dependency needs, of course, but there also needs to be an element of independence uh, and separateness in the relationship. Um, so if this is not balanced and if you have somebody who is just constantly wanting to spend every minute of the day with you and cannot separate themselves out uh, from you, We've got a situation uh, which is really quite troublesome. I mean, if you're responding in kind, it's a problematic relationship as well. It's what I call, what we call an enmeshed relationship where there isn't enough separation. But if you are finding this overwhelming anyway, um, and you really feel very, what's the word, suffocated by your partner, then obviously that's a, a red flag that needs addressing. Yeah, and it's also important again to reflect on the balance in terms of where the balance between the two people lies, mm. because if if we have to be avoidant, which again, if you listen to our earlier podcast on attachment styles, mm. you know, it's been quite soon that we feel like I want my space. Mm. And so that could be kind of more extreme. It could be more where actually this is, isn't going to work for somebody who is more anxious. So mm. it's kind of, you know, it is finding a balance, negotiating and above all talking about it, mm. going for couples therapy, exploring that, trying to find some way that you can move forwards together. Yeah, because it, it can't be one person imposing something on the other person either way. No, it needs to be addressed as a couple. And sort of tying in with that is also uh, talking about anxiety is when one partner needs this sort of constant reassurance from you when you are, you know, constantly needs to be told 
that you love them, that you really want to be together in the relationship with them. It's a sort of similar thing, isn't it? It's this idea that they cannot, they're very, very anxious in the relationship and that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Um, and you know, the thing we've talked about in the attachment styles episode as well is that, you know, somebody who is more anxious, if they're with somebody who's secure, often mm. that person will over mm. time become more secure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's where, you know, it's that constant need for reassurance. I mean, mm. you know, sometimes some many of us do need some reassurance. Sure. So it's it's not that... You know, if if you occasionally you just want mm. to know that the person loves you because you're having doubts, sure. like you know, just occasionally, like yeah. every so often, yeah. that's different from like every hour sending a text message and saying, "Do you still love me?" I think, yeah. which which I've experienced with some people that yeah. um, I've spoken to who they they literally have this like every half hour they're getting a text message from mm. their partner and it's like. They need mm. to get on with work. They need to do things. and Yeah, it's it, really good. It's yeah. a really good... For those of you who watch Couples Therapy, which is on BBC at the moment, it's an American uh, program about a couples therapist at work. She's great. I love her. Uh, one of the couples presents with precisely this issue where the, the woman in the couple constantly gets in touch, phones her husband at work, texts all the time, needs to have reassurance. And and there's, of course, as always in these kind of incidents, a really good reason why she does that. There's a good explanation. So so if this happens in your relationship, that's definitely worth something that needs exploring. Yeah, yeah. At, at the same level as well, it's well, the other person may have great qualities. So I've worked mm. oh, with yeah, people yeah, with yeah, this. Totally, and, and it's like, but this is, yeah. this is a challenge and it's something they need to reflect on. So in mm. itself, it, it may not be like the end of a relationship, but it's something mm. that needs, needs to kind of have work and needs to be worked on um, with therapy, either individually or in a couple absolutely. or both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and actually, there was one more. I'm just trying to just find... Oh, uh, yeah. So if you... In a relationship and the person you start to date or you've been with for some time, do they tend to rely on you as the sole provider for kind of therapy pretty much? Like yes. for all of their biggest emotional and mental health crises? Yeah. Do they only talk to you? Because again, this can become a codependency as well. Mm-hmm. Where basically, yeah, like when we go back to that other episode on drama triangle, mm-hmm. where, you know, you're pulled into the rescuer mm-hmm mode all the time and they're mm. always the victim do we have that dynamic which mm. you can be really challenging yeah absolutely that's unhealthy as well yeah. Yeah. and again you know if if this is the case it's sort of if we often you know and it's fine we have challenges through the day and we want to speak to our partner about them and and that that can be fine mm-hmm. but if we're only using them for all of our sources emotional outlets yeah you know if it's and particularly if they're quite serious trauma that maybe has happened for a long time ago yeah or depression and anxiety i mean yeah. which are the sort of very obviously very very common uh, presentations in lots of relationships but if one partner is severe is is really struggling with anxiety or with depression depression can be incredibly undermining as well for the relationship as a whole it just gets too much you can't you can't hold all of your partner's emotions it's impossible yeah. particularly if you're not you're not trained in that way yeah and that's time really to kind of seek help from a therapist mm, absolutely yeah Good. Well, as have we got? So, well, yeah, dating profiles are not matching the reality is another one we've got on our list, which I think is a very common experience uh, from what I hear in the in the dating world. So, you know, you meet someone, um, you look at this, you know, you look at the dating profile, and you think, wow, that person's absolutely fabulous. They look fantastic, and gosh, look at what they're doing. I, you know, that's exactly what I'm interested in. So, you build a fantasy. Of course, you always build a fantasy about this person in any case. 
uh, and then you meet them and they are completely different. So, well, I mean, to some extent, there's always a bit of hyper hyperbole and exaggeration with dating profiles because everyone wants to sort of show themselves in the best light. It's a bit of marketing in a way, isn't it? It's not, it's nothing else. Uh, it's promotion, uh, a dating profile. But however, but if you find that there's that there are really big gaps between what they've written about themselves and what they actually are, how they present in real life, you may want to sort of ask yourself, well, is this someone I can really trust or, you know, rely on if that's if that's how they, uh, you know, if that's what they are showing me already. There's something not there's something a bit off then. Yeah, particularly if, if it's blatant lies. I mean, yeah. like you said, you know, most yeah. people will exaggerate a little bit because they feel insecure. They want to mm. present this good image. But mm. if somebody says, yes, I regularly climb mountains, mm. but really they just walk upstairs like... <laughs> Once or twice a week, and you know these are these are different kinds of exaggerations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just reminded me again of another earlier episode mentioned before about dating terms. Like, you know, we've talked about one dog fishing, where oh, yeah, you, know, you the person has their photo with their dog next to them, and you see it, and think, oh, what a lovely dog! They must be a lovely person. So, yes, that's yeah. right. Slight misrepresentation. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, and maybe just um, one more that I've got to yeah, add, because yeah, okay. we've talked for a while. So, yeah, I think um, we leave it at the yeah, last one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a tiny little one, which may not really be a red flag, more of a yellow flag, mm-hmm. is when you start dating someone, are they always looking on social media? Mm-hmm. I mean, not all the time, like when you're out at restaurants, when yeah. you're out all the time, they're constantly on the phone and social media profiles mm-hmm. and that can be a sign of uh basically somebody being a bit self-absorbed mm-hmm. yeah it's sort of so well certainly it's also a lack of uh, awareness about hang on i'm not actually engaging with the person opposite me yeah. um you know i'm not actually they're not actually showing any interest yeah yeah of course yeah, absolutely. which is sort of relating to something else that we missed of our list uh this sort of which I think is a bigger red flag is if there's no intimacy in the relationship, yeah. uh, if there's no sort of connection, no sense of if you feel like, well, we've been together for a while here or we might have even been together for many years. But there is no real sense of us sort of being very honest with each other, very open with each other, feeling very connected in all sorts of ways, emotionally, physically. That, for me, would also be a red flag because there's something then fundamentally lacking in the relationship that needs addressing. Yeah, absolutely. And even things like listening. Do they listen to you? Mm. Do you feel listened to? Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of us don't aren't very practiced. We don't know how to listen. So it may be also that we need to develop better listening skills. Mm. Um, but yeah, but absolutely, emotional intimacy. Mm. You know, do you, are you able? Are you going to ever feel that you can have your needs for emotional intimacy intimacy mm. met by the other person? Because yeah. uh, it's not just down to you feeling them at you know the other mm. your partner as well as does play a role in that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, we've got quite a shopping list there, haven't we, of uh, of red flags. Um, so some of them are sort of slightly brighter red. Some of them are a little bit more pink, maybe, uh, or orange. Um, so so it really depends a bit on the circumstances, uh, as we said at the uh, at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, and we'll list most of these in the show notes or on our um, podcast website, the Relationship Maze Podcast dot com. And if you'd like to find out more about uh, how to improve your relationships, again, please head over to therelationshipmaze.com and press subscribe right now so you can hear every episode. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Take good care. Bye Bye. for now.